This is the SETN Podcast with Chris Goforth and Chandler Morrison, covering high school football in Chattanooga and the Southeast Tennessee area. The SETN Podcast. Welcome back. It's SETN Preps. Chris Goforth, Chandler Morrison. Here we go. We continue our preview of high school football in Southeast Tennessee this week. Or today, at least, we turn our attention to those Buccaneers of Boyd Buchanan. Jeremy Boskin, head football coach of the Bucks. He'll join us. We'll talk about those spiffy new helmets that he has. And, boy, Chandler, you talk about a team right now that is just loaded up, apparently, with some prospects. I mean, Boyd Buchanan has I – I don't know that Boyd Buchanan's ever had this many kids, even when back in – 03 and 04, 02, 03, 04, when they were making those state title runs. I don't know that Boyd Buchanan had that many kids or this many kids back then that were legit college prospects. But Boyd Buchanan's got a chance to – they're going to send some guys on to play some big-time football after this season's over. Yeah, Chris, the two things you need in that, in Division Two, especially that double-A division, the two things you really have to focus on is depth, and quality of player, and Boy Buchanan has both, no doubt. You know, and you talk about you were talking about a lot of players that might be going on the next level. But the thing is, they've got a lot of guys that just step up and step up and step up and step up, and they've got the depth too. And I think that's what's ultimately going to be what pushes them. You know, if they take that next step this year, that's what's going to be pushing. That's what's going to be pushing them to the next step. Excuse me, I can't speak today. That's what's going to push them into the next step is the depth that they have. Um, as a, I guess, as a, one of the small, one of the smaller schools in in, in the area uh, for that division, but but yeah, I mean, I think that's the big, big factor that's going to push them forward this year is that depth, along with the fact that all those guys that they have depth with are just you know great players. We're going to find out about them early because they play Tyner Week One, so we're going to know a lot about Boyd Buchanan after August 21st you know by August 22nd we're going to have a we're going to have a good look at who those kids are and and what they're going to be able to do and then they close out the season that's how the season starts they're going to close out the season with Notre Dame and Knoxville Grace back-to-back weeks now Boyd Buchanan bested Notre Dame last year and we're going to talk with Charles Fant coming up later on in the week uh Knox Grace last year beat Boyd Buchanan that was one of their, uh, one of just their two losses in the regular season. One of those came to Knox Grace at the end of the season, fifty to seven. I think they're good enough. First off, you got this kid, and we're going to hear Coach Boskin talk about him and Carson Gay, who, holy smokes, he's got everybody in the country offering this guy a scholarship. Uh, Southern Cal, University of Tennessee. Everybody wants this kid. He's got Jamichael McGoy, who's got seven, I think the number is, seven offers from the FCS level. Boy, he sure would look good in a Chattanooga Mox uniform. They got guys, man. I mean, they've really got they got legit mm-hmm. college players at, uh, at Boyd Buchanan right now. So I think there's a whole lot for uh, Buccaneer fans to be excited about when you see what this uh, – what this team has put together, and again, we've said it a million times, the job Jeremy Boskin has done, taking a team that went 0-10 to 8-3 and with largely the same group, that says a lot about him, and it says a lot about the guys that, that he's got in that coaching office with him 
for what they've done at, at Boyd Buchanan. I mean, that was nothing short of a miracle last year with the way. And Chandler, we knew it. We talked about it last summer. We knew it after we talked to him. And mm-hmm. you hear his, his excitement and, and just how he was going on about his kids. I wasn't shocked that they, that they had success. Now, I didn't see eight wins coming. I didn't see eight and two in the regular season coming. But I wasn't shocked that they had um, to see them have a little more success, certainly, than I knew they weren't going to go 0-10 again. I just think you kind of got that feeling from Coach Boskin. So excited to talk to him. Let's get into it. Jeremy Boskin, head football coach of the Boyd Buchanan Buccaneers. Coach, I appreciate you giving us some time and uh, and coming on talking a little bit of high school football with us. Now, I've got a list of Boyd Buchanan guys that I want to ask you about. Um, <laughs> good, good. That's why we like it. But before we get to that, you guys had seven home games scheduled for this year. Absolutely. So, so with all of this stuff that's going on now with the uh, – with, with COVID-19 and, and kind of this plan that the TSSAA has, what has this done to you scheduling-wise? Well, as of right now, we still have seven home games until uh, the governor comes out August 3rd and tells us any different. But uh, our stadium capacity is right around like 2,000 when you count just like the seating, actual seats. But if you've ever been to a Boyd game, I mean, most of our people who come to the games, they sit on the grass hill or they're in the end zone. And so we're trying to be creative and find different ways to socially distance and incorporate those seatings in different ways if we have to. And we've explored different areas of trying to book other stadiums that may hold a lot more people so we can get as many kids there. Because I guess one thing that really, really scares me is that we have to look at our our seniors and say, hey, you can only have two tickets for the game. And they have to decide between their mom, their dad, their brother, their cousins, grandma, grandpa. I mean, that's just that's a tough thing to do to a senior. And then to look at the cheerleaders and the band and stuff like that. So we're trying to explore every opportunity we can to kind of really take advantage of having a home game still and still trying to get as many people to come watch our kids as we can. So, uh, so Coach, when you start to look at this, how, how much are y'all looking ahead and trying to, to schedule games going forward? Because, you know, you, I don't know how your region's set up. You probably have a pretty, a pretty loaded schedule with that eight-game region. Are y'all, looking for, are y'all looking ahead to try to schedule, start, you know, schedule those open holes that are going to be in that eight-game schedule? Or will you even have an open hole? Well, right now we have a couple handshake deals with some coaches that like, hey, if, if we need to find a game, are you guys willing to play? And we got a couple handshake agreements in case that comes. Um, but we feel pretty confident right now that at least looking at our schedule, if the governor gives us the okay that nine of our ten opponents will be able to play right now. Um, so we're kind of crossing our fingers that goes. But we do have a couple handshake deals with some coaches in the area that – hey, if this goes south, would y'all interested if you play in? And it's kind of one of those things you kind of just – you try to make a plan, but it can't be in concrete. You're kind of drawing it in sand right now. Now, Coach, are those handshake deals, are they people that are already on your schedule or are these – Both. Both, yes, sir. 
Yeah, both. I mean, it's because you got to kind of you got you don't want to look ahead that far. You want to hope for the best, but just I guess the military in me, you got to prepare for the worst. So um, we've tried to cover every avenue possible. We've got we've got probably probably about four or five handshake deals right now. Just hey, if this happens, are you guys interested? It's like hey, keep us on mine or keep us on the short list. So, um, but I think a lot of coaches in the area are doing that now, and ads in the area just because you don't want to. If this thing does kind of snowball and get worse, I mean, we could be trying to find games for the next three years when you look at the end of this contract coming up and trying to book games for the next cycle. So um, I was really excited about the hybrid deal because I don't want to book games for three years this offseason. So hopefully we can kind of keep our schedule the way it is and we're preparing and doing everything the governor's asking us to do. So we're really hoping that, August 3rd, we get some good news. And if we don't there, we're hoping that maybe the 10th. And we're kind of trying to take it one week at a time right now. You know, we talk about coaches on this on this show all the time and, and, and how sometimes we like to be, even as, even as broadcasters and that kind of thing, we kind of like to be con- over control in the situation, at least knowing what's going on. How much is are you struggling with, not knowing what's going to happen. How much is that struggling with you as, I guess, as a person, as a coach, that that there's just so much unknown, even though we kind of now have a contingency plan, there's just so much unknown going forward. Oh, my goodness. I mean, you're, you're hitting me right, right, right in the heart on that one. Because um, I guess all coaches, I mean, at least football coaches I can speak for, is like we're OCD when it comes to planning. But – we can't lose our composure over this and because our kids will lose their composure and the parents will lose their composure. So right now we're just trying to kind of keep them focused. I mean, just really keep them focused, try to have a million different backup plans. Just let them know, hey, if we stay ready, we don't have to get ready is what we keep preaching to them. Control what you can control. The different cliches you hear, but it is so true this time right now. And um, we're, I mean, as a, as just a, our the coach of our team and, um, trying to lead our school kind of deal. We're just really keeping our composure. We feel very prepared. I mean, if we could play tomorrow, I think our kids would suit up and be ready in a heartbeat. And if we have to push it back, we're going to really try to take care of what, we, what we've been talking about is making sure their lungs and their legs are ready, making sure the lungs and the legs are ready. So just keeping them in shape and keeping them focused and making sure they're healthy and ready. Coach, I know one thing you're not concerned about right now. And that's those new helmets you've got. I want to hear about these helmets. <laughs> Coach, those things are straight fire. Now, I hope that you have got a deal in the works with somebody to produce some of those little mini helmets. Because if you do, I'm going to be the first one in line to get one of those. Because those, that is that may be the best-looking high school football helmet I have ever seen. For folks that haven't seen them, what do they look like? Uh, they're, they're pretty nice. Um, um, whenever we got here, I guess one thing we kind of saw is that over at the Boyd Buchanan tradition is the hit, the helmet had always kind of changed and always been a little bit different. There wasn't that one helmet that was carried through time. So we tried to embrace that the best we could, and we let our seniors design the helmets each year. And I wish I could take credit for how nice they look. Um, but they did turn out really, really nice. They went with like a white helmet and a blue face mask, and they have uh, some chrome letters on the side that they say busts and cursive, but I guess the secret sauce to the whole thing is they have the Chattanooga skyline on the back of the helmet, 
And I guess that's what – I mean, it, it is pretty cool. And um, we got some coaches in our middle school program, like Pete Lowe, who's really spent a lot of time trying to get that skyline just perfect and getting the curve of the helmet just perfect so we're not covering up warning signs on the helmet or any of that kind of stuff. But the skyline is really, really cool, and our seniors designed it. So whenever they first came in with the idea, we were like, ah, it was just one of those things. It's like, yeah, man, that's cool. I don't know if we can do that. But they kept pushing and kept pushing and kept pushing. So we tried to um, ask around and see what we can do. We're just lucky at our, our boy Buchanan family. We got some connections. And um, Pete Lowe's really taken care of us and put a lot of time to make sure that skyline looks really good on the back of the helmet. Man, they are sharp, Coach. I mean, those things are – I don't know which one of your seniors can take credit for coming up with that. Uh, that that skyline, but I'm telling you, that kid has a future in graphic design. You 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 got to find him a. He needs to find a job somewhere because uh, that's a great idea, and that is a really good looking helmet. And I know you guys kind of had new uniforms last year. Now, is the the idea of a new helmet design? You talk about the seniors coming up with it, and they get to pick it. Is this something you're going to change it up every year? Yeah, we're gonna let the senior the seniors get designed the seven on seven gear or our spirit pack, and it's something we're just gonna try to embrace. I mean, wow! At, I guess the, through the history of, of Boy Buchanan, it's always had a different helmet, and and we're keeping a helmet in in the locker room and kind of to to represent each of those teams that have come. So um, we already have our juniors talking about what their helmets are gonna look like. We have our eighth graders talking about what they want to do. And they all have these big ideas, so that price tag comes back, and we have to break their hearts and say, hey, but we can't do that chrome like Baylor's doing. That's like $250 a helmet, but um, they, they all want to see it. So um, we try to let them just put their personality on the program like that. And right now our alumni have loved it, just kind of seeing, hey, what's the helmet going to look like? What's the helmet going to look like? And just at the golf tournament this past weekend, we had some alumni – putting it, hey, this is what you need to do with the next one. This is what you need to do with the next one. So it's been pretty cool. Hey, Coach, I'm sure this is a question that you get asked every time you turn around. But what have been the biggest challenges? You know, we, we've seen the past few months, you know, you go through this COVID. Everything is going on schedule. You're looking like, you know, everybody gets that momentum starting kind of in March. And then all of a sudden it's cut out right then and there with COVID. Uh, what have been the biggest challenges for, for Boy Buchanan, for, for, for your program, um, with COVID coming around and, and, and kind of having that interaction away? Oh, goodness. Um, well, we have a small school. We're 366 in the high school, so we're used to being around all our kids all the time. So whenever we did have to go away, we tried to keep our Zoom meetings intact in and keep in touch with them and just – all our coaches are, I mean, we're always texting and trying to find some way to keep in touch with the kids all the time. But I guess one thing that was really hard was whenever we did get back, I mean, all our kids play so many sports. I mean, they, they're playing AU basketball and wrestling and baseball. And I'm not a coach. I never want a kid to decide whatever, ever, ever, ever. I never want to ask a kid to decide that. But as they're getting back, I mean, all their AAU stuff that they usually do in April, May, and June obviously got pushed back also. So as we're making weight, our weightlifting schedule and our, our practice schedules and stuff like that for June and July, it, it was a lot, a lot, a lot of like, hey, can you work around this baseball tournament? Can you work around this lacrosse tournament, this wrestling tournament, this basketball tournament? 
So we had to really sit down with our seniors and try to find a time that where our kids could still make football priority, but they could still honor their, like whether their passions, baseball or basketball or whatever, and just trying to work around those schedules, but, but still keep, we have 64 kids out right now and trying to keep them all focused on the team at some ass point of their day. And just really just kind of keeping that team unity while they're going out and playing their different games and stuff has been really a challenge. But I think our kids have done a great job with communication and, and really uh, working with our schedule and our parents have done a really good job to make football priorities still. Coach, I, I know you've spent some time with, with Will Healy, and I'm, I'm a huge Will Healy fan. Uh, I want to hear a little bit about what he has shared with you and just kind of what it means to you as the head football coach at, at Boyd Buchanan to have a guy like that as an alumnus. Man, it, um, before COVID hit, um, we were extremely fortunate. Will invited us up, and we got to kind of go be around the program, the offense and defensive coaches. But I guess one thing that, that Will, I mean, I was blown away about is just how this how he develops a culture. And I know that that word gets thrown around a lot, but he, he does such an amazing job of having intentional, like, cultural meetings and just talking to his team about it and how he runs those meetings and just how – Everything they do from how the secretary greets you when you come in to how the players greet you to how their, their meetings operate. And we got to kind of sit in there for a couple of days and just be a, a fly on a wall and see it. And he is truly, truly ahead of his time and just a master at what he does. It um, just really developing a culture. And um, so we got to sit there and a bunch of the meetings, stuff like that. But, I guess one thing that he always kind of said was like, defend the culture, defend the culture. And I think that was just so profound. And the way they had the kids talked about defending the culture and it really, it was just the kids talking about how they held each other accountable, but just the simple phrase of wording it, defending the culture and how they talked about it is something we've really adopted to our kids and how we defend the culture back at Boyd, whether it's how we treat each other or just how we leave our facilities when we leave or how we practice or how we pay attention whenever a guest speaker's there and how we make each other feel. Um, I think just being able to be around Will and pick his brain and witness that has been one of the biggest, like, the biggest, biggest influences of my entire coaching career. So will there be a club lit at Boyd Buchanan? <laughs> we got a club swole. We stole it. We twisted around. We got club swole at, at, at Boyd Buchanan. We got our weight room. We call it club swole right now. Uh, I, I mean, what so would, we got. So how many games would they have to win for you to take your shirt off and, and dance shirtless on top of a table? Oh, goodness. Hey, I'm one game at a time guy. I don't blame him one bit. I don't blame him one bit. I'd do it in a heartbeat. I think every coach in our staff would right there. We just want to play. <laughs> so so when you talk about that, that culture that he brings in, how much how much fun as a coach do you try to bring in to your to your locker room, your practices? I know right now it's in COVID, so it's kind of hard to do that a little bit. But it, just in general, how much fun do you try to bring in to maybe even the daily uh, the daily goings on and daily routine of, of the game and practice? We have a big saying, I guess, is there's a time to work and there's a time to play. 
And, um, I, and I think it's like, we really try to make sure the kids know the difference between the two. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, at, we all step on the field together whenever we're in full pads, hopefully again here real soon. And as we step on the field, we all step on it together just so they understand in their mind, like, Hey, we got to flip the switch. It's time to work now. And then as we step off, they can understand, okay, I, I can drop it. Uh, and now, now I can relax a little bit and have, have a little fun. But it's the same thing when we go in the weight room. Hey, when you step in there, we blow the whistle. There's a time to work. And then after we blow it kind of deal, you can let your guard down. There's a time to play. But we have such a great staff who have who've done an amazing job during this quarantine of just developing and sustaining relationships with our kids. Um, Coach Drew and Micah Hughes and Ezell Dodd and Craig Campbell, I mean, they've done such a good job of just touching base with their kids and just um, – really kind of making sure that relationship is strong. Our kids have a pretty good understanding that, hey, when, when, it's, when it's work, you, you better be focused and be ready to roll. But when it's time to play, we, we can dance and sing and have some fun. Coach, I told you I wanted to – I got a list of players I, I want to get you to, to, to comment on a little bit. Uh, and some of these are, are guys that if uh, folks that follow high school football in the area, they're going to be real familiar with, but – the guy that I wanted to start with is, I've, I mean, I, I've been kind of blown away, uh, and that's Carson Gay, who's got offers right now. Pretty much everybody wants this kid to come and play for them. What's happened? I mean, he's kind of blown up this year, is he not? He, he's a young man who has taken an taken advantage of every minute of the quarantine. Um, before we left, he was probably about a, he's probably about a good six, five, maybe 190, 195. And his parents and himself and even his brothers have like every minute they can while they've been on quarantine, they've taken advantage of the weight room. Um, working with Daryl down in, um, Chattanooga and just really trying to really bulk up and, um, they, they ain't eating Twinkies and playing Xbox the whole time. I promise you that. He's about six, six and a half right now, about 215. And he's agile. I mean, the body control that young man shows for a 15-year-old kid that big and just the way he controls himself is really quite impressive. So when he came back from quarantine and we kind of just saw him running and catching and stuff, and we were like, wow, wow, this this young man's really taking good care of himself. And, and he's such just a good kid. I mean, he, he's an Eagle Scout. He's got great grades. Um, he comes to work every single day. We're just, I mean, trying to get better. He doesn't care how many offers he has, whether it be UT or Southern Cal. He comes to work every day like he doesn't have any offers. So the, the, it's a really, really bright future for the uh, yeah, that young man. That's the truth. Is there a leader in the clubhouse for him? That's a great question. We talked about this the other day, and he said he's just still kind of blown away right now just by the attention. Um, the first one was Ole Miss, Coach Levy at Ole Miss. And um, and then from there, BYU and Coach Clark were right behind them. And then as soon as they did, Meetemeyer uh, at UT was big on them. And right after that, uh, Trey Johnson from Southern Cal, who's a Boyd Buchanan alumni, um, the director of recruiting out there, he, he called and he, he couldn't let a Boyd Buchanan get out of um, that, that big a talent get away from him. So he was calling and talked to him and, um, FAU's really dug in big, and my high school coach, uh, Coach Beatty, um, is now the receiver coach at Pitt. He's offered them. So um, he's really got a lot of attention right now, but he's done an amazing job of just really trying to, like, 
bring the spotlight to his teammates like Eli Morris and Luke Stum and, and Jamichael and Brody Grant. He's just done is a great job of trying to like always point the finger at them. And I couldn't do anything without these guys. So we're really happy just the way he's handled it more than anything. You mentioned Jamichael McGoy. That's the guy I want to go to next. I know he's got seven offers from FCS schools, Chattanooga being one of those. Um, look, he's a phenomenal talent. I mean, we saw him last year with what he was able to do. I mean, the kid looks as, I'm going to call it as natural as anybody I think I've seen with the football in his hands. I mean, he's he just looks like a natural out there. One, how will you guys use him this year? Because I know he's done a lot for you uh, in, in that offense. What's your plan for Jamichael Roy for this year? Get him the ball as many times as we can. That's the plan. Really easy. <laughs> when you got a guy that runs a four three seven, you just you just try to get the ball in his hands and don't don't overthink it. Just let him play ball. And, I mean, he has been absolutely amazing with it as well. I mean, we've been around – I've been around different schools where kids get their offers and they kind of pack it in. I mean, he's as hungry as, as ever. He's got eight offers now um, with, obviously, the hometown team being one of them kind of deal. But he comes to work every day. I mean, he works on his speed and his fundamentals of running more than any kid I've ever met. And just seeing his um, Im- improvement in the in the classroom – over the last year has been amazing and just seeing him grow as a leader and as a man. And he's not the vocal one, but he's a guy that if a kid is getting out of line, he'll kind of pull him aside. Hey, like we talked about defending the culture, he'll be the first one to kind of pull a kid to the side and talk to him. And, but he's a hundred miles an hour on every single rep. I mean, if, if coaches could come to practice right now and watch him, he'd have a lot more than eight offers just because the way he like, just approaches the game. It's just so professional. Like we, me and him joke around all the time that we've already got it figured out that he's going to sign up the Chiefs one day, and that Patrick Mahomes will be on the backside of his ten-year contract, and he'll be with Patrick Mahomes and stuff like that. We've already got it worked out. He's going to be with the Chiefs. So um, where he goes for college is just it's just kind of like a middle point. But that, with the way he approaches things, he, he's going to be big time. I promise you that. We've got a lot of really good quarterbacks in this area, and. You know, we've on this on this show. We talked to to uh, Braden Sanders at, at South Pittsburgh. We've talked to Isaac Barnes up at Saudi Daisy. Bradley Central's got a really talented kid. You're bringing back Eli Morris, who accounted for over three thousand yards last year of of total offense. Uh, fantastic quarterback in his own right. A little bit about him, and and what's the next step for him? At what level can he compete? Uh, on Saturdays because he's definitely a Saturday player. What level does he fit in at? Um, from all the coaches we've talked about and had him evaluated, he's an FCS talent. Um, and I guess the thing, and he's a perfect example of like how this COVID is really kind of like held back a young man. I wouldn't say hurt him just because he just works so hard, but he, he's a little lighter in the tail. But he's a four-six kind of kid from the local combines he's gone to. He threw for twenty-three hundred yards. He ran for right around eight hundred, and accounted for like thirty touchdowns. So I mean, he's just an athlete that these coaches really need to see. And once you see the arm talent and him spin it, and then you see the escapability of him and how he can make something out of nothing, he isn't it. He is an exceptional, exceptional talent. 
that once some of these schools are able to see him and touch him and kind of really be around him, I mean, he, he comes from an amazing family and just like his leadership and just how hard he works. Um, somebody's going to get a great, great steal out of him. And, and he'll be, he'll be one here real soon to kind of light things on fire in the area. I, I promise you that. The lack of camps this summer. Um, and, and I don't want to use the word hurt, like kind of like what you were saying. I, let, let's say hinder. The lack of camps this summer really hindered him, didn't it? Absolutely. We've had to be really, really creative in how we decide to approach like getting kids recruited lately. So just talking with Will and, and talking with Trey Johnson at Southern Cal and kind of picking their brains, like how can we get these kids out there? Because they are college-level players. And um, some of the feedback has been absolutely amazing. So we have Micah Hughes has really changed our complete our high school recruiting efforts. And you, you've probably seen a bunch of graphics getting put out of our kids and stuff like that. And the whole point of the graphics is to really kind of show coaches, okay, yeah, this is his height, this is weight, this is his grades. But we have to find ways to create a relationship with this kid and these recruiters that they don't, they don't get a chance to meet. So on there, you'll see who's the most influential person in the kid's life or what his favorite food is, or what his favorite movie is. And if you know that the most influential person in J. Mike's life is his granddad, then you can know that, hey, that's the guy i got to get to if I want J. Mike to come to my school. Or you know that, hey, Lion King is J. Mike's favorite movie. You have at least a conversation piece besides football to kind of get to know the kid. Or remember the Titans from Luke Stum, or knowing that uh, Eli works at a Mexican restaurant as soon as he leaves practice. It helps just to create that relationship. So we've really tried to just be creative in how we're reaching out to these college recruiters just so they can get to know our kids better. I want to ask you about two guys that are in the, a part of your, your offensive and defensive lines, Jamari Johnson and uh, Colby Haddix. Uh, tell us a little bit about both of those kids. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Colby, Colby's a big old boy, and he is extremely, extremely athletic. He's about 6'3", about 265. He came to us about midway through the season last year. But when you first meet him, you're thinking, oh, he could be an offensive tackle. You could be something like that. And then you see him run, and he can play receiver. And I'm not lying to you. He is that athletic. Um, he's a basketball kid. Um, he's a kid we're going to try to throw him the ball, hand him the ball. And then on the defensive line, him and David Dixon side-by-side, side, just two very, very strong athletic kids. It is a tough combo. So we're really, really excited about Colby. And then Jabari is um, kind of been the start and center for the past, I guess this would be three years straight. And he was like the really one of the center points of the offense last year and just his consistency of getting things, getting guys lined up and getting them rolling. And he's just a rock. I mean, he's a, he's the quiet leader. If you're around him for a day, he might say five words. But his just confidence and his ability and just who he is as a young man, he, he's a special, special kid. He'll play in college too. And then next to him you got uh, Brody Grant, who might be the smartest kid on the offensive line of any offensive line in the area. He's just a super, super bright kid, very athletic, very aggressive. He'll play O-line, D-line for us. And Joey Lockmiller's coming back, and he was a soccer goalie who's up to 270 now playing guard for us. And we've recruited a, a right tackle who's a basketball kid, Jacob Shockley, and we got Perry Griffin back who's like a left tackle for us. He's a baseball kid. We've got some big boys we're really excited about that are going to be with us. 
you got another one in Luke Stum. Tell me a little bit about oh, him. Oh, yeah. Uh, a tight end, a defensive end. Uh, he was a, I know he was a best of preps pick from, from last year, but just a little bit about the, the upside for him. Stum is is a, an athlete, and he really is. He's 6'3", about 230. He played, like, defensive end last year for us, and we've kind of, like, molded him into more of an outside linebacker where he can bring pressure with him and he can drop in cover just because he's so athletic. He is a, He's a tight end for us. He's an H-back. He's a receiver. And, I mean, he's a kid, once again, who we're going to try to just get the ball to. And he's a big boy, but once you see him with the ball in his hands, by nature, he's a basketball player. This is only his second year playing football. So he's been a basketball guy his whole life, comes from an amazing, amazing family. And um, he's a kid that he's going to show up with the shortest shorts you can imagine on the team. And he kind of just he, – he does his own thing. He's a personality. He's always got a smile on his face. Um, he'll, he'll play in college there someday. I think Georgetown's talking to him right now. He's a 3.8 GPA. I think he's a 26 on the ACT. Um, just a super intelligent kid and will be the lifeline. He'll be on the cover of a college program one day. That, that's the kind of personality he is. You guys had such a tremendous year last year. I mean, the turnaround, I mean, it was amazing. Uh, how do you follow that? Um, we, we picked up Tyner on our schedule this year, so – we figured, hey, if you if you want to play with the big dogs, you got to – Piner's one of the best 2A teams in the state year in and year out. So, hopefully, if we get to play week one, we get to go with Piner. Uh, we are hoping to play Macaulay in the Jamboree. So, our seniors, um, their confidence has really grown, and they, they, they want to play good teams. So, we've tried in the offseason to get as many good teams as we can. Uh, you got the defending state champs, and uh, we'd love to kind of see them and just – See how our guys kind of measure up. They got a great team coming back. And then Tyner, the 2A team. And then our conference alone is one of the, in my opinion, one of the toughest conferences in, in the private school sector just because of the CCSs and the Graces and the Webs and the Notre Dames and the Lipscombs and the BGAs. It, it's a tough, tough conference. So um, I think our kids have a great mentality right now where they expect to win. Um, they, they understand what it takes to prepare and they understand that we have a lot of good athletes and we're going to take care of them off the field. And as soon as we step on the field together, we got one focus. Coach, have you had to, you know, you had success last year, but you know, of course you didn't end, you know, you didn't end up going deep, deep into the playoffs, but how easy or hard was it to get the kids to have the mentality to keep coming back to work and keep working harder because when you go, I mean, honestly, when you go from, what was it, uh, you know, the season you had before last, before you got there, 0-10, and, and then you go and have this kind of season last year, how do you keep that mentality of, you know, kind of being the underdogs and still trying to fight your way up the ladder? Um, our kids like to compete. I mean, and I mean, you, football had a great turnaround, obviously, but our basketball team won the conference, and our baseball team the year before was second in the conference. I mean, right now, just Boyd Athletics and what Coach Brown and uh, President Hartness are doing, and just, I mean, our kids love to compete, and they want to do it at a high level. Um, they want to play on TV. They want their, we want our kids to be interviewed by the radios. We have really, really good football players, and um, 
I think last, I mean, two years ago, it was probably just more of a, a slump than the normal. I mean, you look at the tradition of Boyd Buchanan when you got the, the Hugheses and the Healy's and um, all those guys, just the history of the program. It's like, wow. I mean, so these guys really want to like make the, the alumni proud and, and do everything they can. They love the student section and our band and our cheerleaders and, um, Boyd's just such a tight-knit place. Like, once you come in that front gate, it's like our own little piece of heaven. And these kids love being around each other. They love playing, and, and they, they like to prepare. So um, it didn't end like we wanted to. It ended uh, a Lipscomb team that got to the semifinals, and um, we're hoping we get to see them again. That was a great football team, and they were rolling in there about 70 deep. So one of the things our seniors did this offseason is they really made it a point to let's recruit the hallways. Like, who are some kids that we need to get out on the team to make us better? And, and they've done a great job. And we've got guys like Ryan Lopez, who is a lacrosse basketball stud, who's coming out, and Colin Richardson, who's a lacrosse basketball stud coming out. Carter Walmack, who's like a soccer stud, who's coming out and is going to help us. Um, and they've done a really good job just trying to get as many of these guys in the hallways out. And, I mean, I think we're up to like 64 right now. And that helps out so much when you get to the play, the Lipscombs and the BGAs, because one of the things that hurt us was, like, Lipscomb would score on us, and then we really wouldn't have time to adjust with the defense because those same kids got to go back out on the field. So now we got more kids involved and more kids playing. You can make corrections. You can coach kids up between snaps, and they get a little bit of a breather between things. So, And that's just a beautiful thing about football, and you guys know that. It's just the ultimate team game. We don't care how big, how tall, how slow, how fast. We'll find a home for you. We'll, we'll make you a part of the game plan. Coach, appreciate it, man. Great stuff as always. Uh, good luck to you guys. And, uh, man, I really look forward to I was excited for Boyd Buchanan football going into last year, knowing that you were there and the energy that you had brought. But, man, I'm even more excited about it this year because <laughs> you've got a group of ballers right now. We got a lot of really good kids, and we really appreciate you guys just taking time to, like, recognize them and get their names out there. But you guys are the best. And like I told you before, your guys getting your guys' podcast to pop up on my phone is, like, the highlight of my week, and I, I really look forward to it. Thank you, Coach. I appreciate Coach Boskin for uh, giving us some time here on SETN Preps this week, hanging out, talking about his Boyd Buchanan Buccaneers. Chandler, if there's any team in the area that should be excited about the start of the 2020 high school football season, you hear Coach Boskin talk about all those guys he has got, a bunch of Saturday players on that Boyd Buchanan roster now. If there's any group of fans out there that should be excited to get this season underway, I think it may be uh, fans of the Boyd Buchanan Buccaneers. Yeah, I mean, like we talked about earlier, that depth and the fact that they have a lot of great players. I mean, I, you know, I and you just look at their schedule. It's a tough schedule, and if they can make it through that, you know, a pretty good ways and and have a bunch of wins, you know, I mean, the sky's the limit for them come playoff time. Hey, you can find us at SETN Preps on Twitter. You can find uh, Chandler at Sports Chandler. You can find me at Crisco Fourth One. Make sure you like us on Facebook. Subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. We appreciate your five-star ratings. It helps us be able to find high school football fans, and it helps high school football fans be able to find us. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Pandora, iHeartRadio, 
You can head over to Anchor FM. You can leave us a voice message. We'll play those back here uh, on the podcast. You can voice your opinion. Let us know how you think the Boyd Buchanan Buccaneers are going to do. Let us know what you think about Division II football in southeast Tennessee. We're going to visit with Charles Fant coming up uh, later on in the week. That'll be, uh, that'll be out on Thursday. And so we'll talk a little bit about Notre Dame, but you can uh, voice your message uh, leave us a voice message, rather, at anchor.fm. And, of course, our website is setnpreps.com, where you can find the schedule to your favorite team. So, Chandler, got another week down, got another coach in the books. We'll continue our preview uh, of uh, high school football in the area. We're just going to keep talking to coaches and, and hanging out with these guys. I think we're we're learning a lot about the teams in our area and looking forward to being able to uh, to visit with more of these guys as we go along and uh, Coach Charles Fant coming up next on Thursday. Thanks again to Coach Jeremy Boskins at Boyd Buchanan. We will see you Thursday right here, SETN Preps. Thanks for being with us.